Last week on Licensed to Parent, we heard from an expert in making the internet safe for your family. Let me just share the story of John Doe, who was a convicted sex offender in a high security prison. And I talked to him for three hours. He would look for kids online that he was interested in, just to say he was talking to a 13-year-old girl. And that 13-year-old girl liked boys who were around 15 and played soccer. And he would find pictures of boys that looked like that, and he would send it, and he would pretend to be that boy and engage that girl. And it oftentimes these led to sexual encounters and situations where he would get nudes of them and back and forth and then use to keep that child silent. That was Donna Rice Hughes, CEO and president of Enough is Enough. Hi, I'm Michelle Hill, and I'm glad you joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long, Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host, Trace Embry, is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill, and also the author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. Our goal on Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherds Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. Well, Donna Rice Hughes is with us again on Licensed to Parent. And as we learned last time, for 30 years, Donna has been working hard to make the internet safe for your kids and family. She is the president and CEO of Enough is Enough, and she's also an internationally known internet safety expert, author, speaker, and producer. And Trace, after last week's conversation with Donna, I'm wondering just where the internet would be without her work and without the organization Enough is Enough. Yeah. Donna, thank you so much for coming back and and doing another program here. Uh, We just kind of got started. I I think it's important for parents to understand before we go into what we can be doing about this uh, in a more aggressive way is just how much girls have closed the gap on boys with this problem. Because I think when, when you hear about pornography, the first thing you think is boys looking at pornography. But man, I, my experience has been, I mean, for the last few years, we've had more girls at Shepherd Hill Academy than we have boys. And it's, and it's largely because of this, yeah. this reason. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, well, um, the, the internet, I think, really you know changed this because, you know, when, when anyone is accessing this type of content, which, like I said, is not even protected speech, the majority of it, um, it's online and it's anonymous. And, you know, back in the old day, pre-internet, you know, it was seemed to be more of a boy thing with the Playboy magazines under dad's bed, that kind of thing. Well, the internet just opened this up to everyone, including kids. And we have to realize mm-hmm. that girls are sexual creatures, too. And the whole purpose of pornography is to arouse. So girls can get aroused by this, and oftentimes they're more sexually curious at younger ages than even boys. So I think that really opens them up to being drawn into this. Uh, The other thing is, is even if they're not seeing it at home, somebody showing it to them at school or on their smartphone, this is a very normal thing. Girls are also very, very vulnerable to sexual grooming online by a predator, by a trafficker. Girls are also much more apt to sext, that is to share news and graphic content of themselves. Mm -hmm. So they're, I mean, that preteen age girl is 
just vulnerable to all of this. And all of us who were preteen girls at one point between what seventh and ninth grade, there's also the mean girl thing, right? right? Mm -hmm. So cyberbullying is explosive among these young girls. So, you know, we have to pay attention to what's happening with our girls as well. And one of the things that we also didn't really get into very much is the problem with social media addiction. Um, We know that uh, 40% of 8 to 12-year-olds are using social media. Well, according to the quote-unquote age limit on social media platforms like Instagram or YouTube or any of them, you're supposed to be 13 years old, but they don't have any age verification in place. So any five-year-old or seven-year-old or 10-year-old can lie about their age and they have access to these platforms that were developed for college students way back during Facebook and MySpace days. They, They were never met for young kids. Eight years old. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that. An eight-year-old is on social media or addicted to social media. Three to five hours per day. And and it's not just sexual content that's there. We know, I used to say in the beginning, uh, at the advent of the Internet, the technology is neutral. Well, now we know the technology is not neutral. Now we know these platforms, these social media platforms in particular, are programming their algorithms to hook people in, not just kids, but to hook them in, to keep them there, and to keep them addicted. Called dark UX. And then there's other types of, yeah, they're targeting them. For instance, Instagram has 90,000 pro-eating disorder accounts. Mm. And kids as young as 9 to 10 are following three or more of those, mostly girls. So there's just, it's overwhelming, and it's a lot out there. And we just have to realize, like we said uh, last week's show, we're dealing with a a spiritual war. And we're going to talk a lot about the practical things that parents need to know to protect their kids. But I think one of the most important things that at least Christian parents and people of faith need to do is to be constantly in prayer and ask the Mm -hmm. Lord to show them red flags. Give them those checks in their spirit. Because oftentimes things can go unnoticed. And and be willing, be open, parents, that your child might be the very kid that you think the neighbor's kid is. I don't think we realize how young these kids are actually involved in this. And so I want to, I want to ask you, uh, what should parents know about uh, Disney porn? And, and what could possibly be the end game for a company that mainly markets to kids? Maybe there's something more sinister behind this. Can you speak to that? Well, you know, I think what you're seeing, in, you know, basically in corporate America across the board is this whole um, idea of inclusion. And they actually, companies get rated based on, you know, how inclusive they are. And then, and, and then that impacts their funding and, and the investments in their company. So, yes, there is a lot of things sinister going on from kind of that top level. Hmm. But if you look at, if we go back to the Internet, for instance, one of the common um, uh, tricks of the trade for pornographers would be to use innocent-sounding words and that could go into a search engine that would then take someone, particularly a kid, to a porn site, and, and Disney was one of those. In fact, there was a whole website set up called Disney Pornland where they took all the Disney characters, and I don't know who they were, but I took it to Disney years ago, and, and these Disney characters are engaged in graphic sex acts on the screen. And Disney never did anything nice. about it. And I started scratching my head with that one. I'm like, look, 
<laughs> this is this is trademark violation. Why aren't you taking this stuff down? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So again, you know, I, I I can't really I can't really speak to all the sinister stuff going on so much at that broader level. Except we've got a culture right now that has gone woke with these big companies, mm-hmm. and and they do get benefit, if you will from doing these kind of inclusive things like Target and, and, and some of these other companies have done with all this crazy swimwear and everything else. That's a little off topic, but it really is part of the crass commercial sexualization of the culture. Now, Donna, you were talking about some red flags that parents need to be aware of. What are some of those? Well, yes. Um, well, it probably, um, if you take each danger, whether it's cyberbullying or, or grooming by a, a predator or a trafficker or whatever else, there are all those warning flags that are a little bit different. But I'll, let me just give you some more general ones. One is a, just a sudden mm-hmm. change in your child's behavior. They're more withdrawn. They're mm-hmm. more depressed. They're very, very secretive. Maybe they're getting gifts in the mail that you don't know where they came from and there's no explanation. Um, those kinds of things. I'll tell you a story about Susan Young that we just interviewed on our own webinar. A wonderful Christian family lives in my, um, in my district up in, in, in Northern Virginia. Her 13 year old daughter was trafficked at school, got involved with a boy who then got her in a sexual situation, took video and pictures and then blackmailed her beautiful daughter into silence and then made her start having sex with other boys. Turned out he was in an M13 gang. And then right under her oh, roof, after school, she was being trafficked while living at home. Crazy. And, Crazy. and, and, and Susan said, you know, so many of the red flags were just red flags that we see with teenagers, right? So, you know, withdrawn, depressed, losing weight, um, very, uh, very quiet and secretive and these kinds of things. But I would just say, if you see any of that going on, you know, be very, very careful. But when we get to the safety part of this, and we can certainly start covering this now, one of the most important things that we encourage every parent to do is to have regular conversations with your kids about what they're doing online. And just like you would with what they're doing at school and not inquisitive, not dictatorial or anything like that, but just keep conversations open because you as the parent want to be the safe person that they come to. Right. Mm -hmm. And if they're afraid that you're going to shame them, take their technology away, make them feel already worse than they probably do because they may have already done something. They may have shared a nude. How hard would that be for an 11-year-old girl to say, Mom, I shared this, this nude of me with, with Sam, and now it's all over the school? I mean, you've got to have a real special relationship with your children for them to feel comfortable in talking to you about things. Hopefully you can prevent that. Kind but of, if they yeah. start young, though, Donna, I mean, because you can have conversations with your kids about no touch zones and things like that, where you don't have to get into the birds and the bees or uh, a lot of things. And you start having those conversations to uh, at a very young age yeah. so that they're not so embarrassing and traumatizing uh, later on. I mean, I've done, I've done this with my kids, so I, I, I know that it works. Uh, the problem is we're, we're usually uh, 15 years and 200 pounds too late. 
Well, and you're so right now. I mean, we, we used to say age-appropriate conversations, and you have to start now. So if your kids, because of the Internet, I would say by and large, but now not even that. You know, everything that's out there everywhere. I think you've got to start having those those sex conversations very early. You know, what is good? What is healthy? And what is going on in the culture so that you can help them see what they need to see so that their own red flags will start to go up because they're going to be exposed. We're talking about the internet and danger and your kids today on Licensed to Parent. Our guest is Donna Rice-Hughes. It's time for a break. We'll be back with more Licensed to Parent after this. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job, and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit HelpMyTroubledTeen.org, click on Resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherds Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Help by TroubledTeen.org. Hi, folks. Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern-day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. If you'd like to learn more about Shepherd's Hill, go to licensedtoparent.org. And today we are talking with Donna Rice Hughes about the dangers of the internet and actually the predators that are waiting for your kids. And we're talking about some of the practicalities and just all that is happening and hopefully making you, the parent, more aware of what is going on. Well, Donna, you've been speaking at uh, congressional hearings. What kind of traction are you getting there? How, how can parents do similar things, maybe on the local level? Uh, or how does a person get a seat at a congressional hearing? Well, um, <laughs> um, there, there's a lot going on at the state and at federal level to try to rein some of this in. Unfortunately, the Internet has been unregulated for so long, which is why all this stuff is happening. So um, currently... Um, there are uh, 
I don't know, five or more major pieces of legislation in the United States Senate right now, and I won't get into the weeds on that. Um, but one, for instance, is, is really calling on these social media platforms to be more proactive with getting their parental control tools turned on with the defaults on um, greater privacy settings, for instance, to protect kids. There's another piece of legislation that would actually make it a crime for these social media platforms once they know that there is child pornography, what we now call child sex abuse material on their site. They, they don't have automatic immunity, which is what they've had under the law. So now that's getting, we're hoping that that will flip. So we really want people, your parents, to go and sign up for our free newsletters because we can keep you up to speed on what's happening at the federal and the state level. Their states have just had it in some ways but with Congress being a little slow. So states are starting to take some action here now, too. One of, one of the, the, the laws that I'm most excited about is um, it deals with smartphones, and Utah passed this bill so that if you get a new smartphone in Utah, all the filtering is already turned on to filter pornography and child pornography. Um, and the parents well, is it can, filtering that, that the kids can undo, though? I, I was no, told no, the smartphones no, no, are not no. idiot-proof. No, not, not under this law. Okay, so this is done at the state level, so only a parent can undo it. So one of the things that we want to do that we've been proposing for a long time is for all of these websites, all of these devices and everything else to have all the filtering technology turned on as the default. We, we call it default filtering on, right? Because everything's off. So now what a parent has to do is on every device and every platform, they've got to go turn all this on, right? So we're, we're trying to flip the switch, which is one of our campaigns to flip the switch. Now, when parents do turn it on themselves, I mean, that's not law yet, okay, only in Utah. But when parents do turn this on, and, and I just want to urge your parents to turn on every parental control tool on every device your kids are using. You want to put your filters on, if you even let them use the Internet, okay? Mm-hmm. But if you do, you want your filters on, and you want parent-approved passwords. You want to turn your monitoring feature on. Monitoring will let you see where your kids are trying to go to, and it also helps build accountability. Covenant Eyes is, is, is one of those wonderful tools. Um, that does that in time limits. So if you've got three kids, you can set time limits for each child. So say your younger child, you know, that's 13 or 14, you may only want on for two hours a night to do homework and that's it. Whereas an older teen, you might give them a little more time. So these tools are there to help the parent, but they need to be password protected with a parent approved password so your kid can't get out of it. And most of these devices and, and, and service providers and wireless providers have tools already built in that you can turn on, or you can add a third-party tool. Or, for instance, I, I love the Gab's phone for younger kids because kids can still have a phone. It just doesn't have to be a smartphone. Right. I want my kids to have a phone. Yeah. I just don't want to have any possibility of getting uh, unfettered access to the Internet on it. Yeah. That, that's all. And, and if I'm hearing you right, I'm hearing you that this is easy as, sw- as flipping a switch. Uh, am I hearing you right about that? Well, well, yeah, if you get a smartphone. But, in fact, if you have younger kids, um, I don't even recommend getting a smartphone. Just get no, a gas phone. Yeah. yeah, just get a regular flip switch phone. It's not Internet connected, no texting. You know, just they can pick up the phone. They can call you. You can call them. And there's a whole movement right now, Trace, called Wait Till 8. So 
we're, we're, we're going, you know what? Kids under, you know, eighth grade, they have no business having a smartphone anyway. Right. A smartphone, right. not I a don't think, phone. Yeah. A smartphone. Right. No, I totally, totally, totally agree. Um, Okay, so what are the Communications Decency Act, the Child Internet Protection Act, and the Child Online Protection Act? How do they differ? Uh, what kind of traction are these things getting? And how could parents help out with this? Yeah, well, each of those laws was passed in the 90s. Um, mm-hmm. All of them were struck down by the Supreme Court. Um, the only one that is still standing is the Children's Internet Protection Act. We were very involved in all of these, by the way. But that law, and, and this is a really important point to make, particularly with what's going on at school and in the libraries, et cetera, et cetera. But the Children's Internet Protection Act is, is the, the law of the land, and it requires schools and libraries that are getting government funding for their Internet, they have to filter pornography and child pornography on the internet, in, in schools, in school libraries, and public libraries across the country. And if they're not, then they're breaking the law. And we know that a lot of public There's libraries lot of are the law. not complying. They're not complying right. with this law. Mm-hmm. Well, so if there's so many laws in, in place to protect kids, you know, why aren't they being forced? And what will any new law do if we don't enforce the old laws? Well, that, that's very true. I can, I can tell you, and we would love your audience to, call, to, to sign our petition. We've got a whole campaign for the Department of Justice to enforce all the rule of laws designed to protect kids um, from sexual exploitation online, and in particularly the obscenity laws. These are the laws that pertain to this hardcore graphic pornography um, that, that, that is, I would say practically 100% of the content that's out there online that is pornographic is illegal for adults as well mm-hmm. as for kids to produce and to distribute. And, and, and so we need to get the Department of Justice to start enforcing those laws. Well, I, Department of Justice, um, I think they got their own issues going on, don't they? But uh, how, how, how can our parents get on board with this and, and get your newsletter and, and, and keep abreast of this stuff? How can parents help out? I, I recommend, we've got two sites, but the one where you can kind of get everything, you can go to internetsafety101.org and sign up for our newsletter there. And there is free information on every single danger that kids have to deal with. So we tackle cyberbullying, social media, online gaming, uh, trafficking, predation, you name it. We're going to add a whole section on artificial intelligence soon. And there's information, yeah, there's video there, there's, it's mostly designed for parents, but you can walk your kids through some of the video and some of the stories as, as ways to start conversations if you choose to do that. And then we also have these Internet Safety 101 parent guides, and they're just two pages of what's the danger, what's the problem, how do you do conversation starters, what are the warning signs, and what kind of safety um, rules and tools do you need to have in place to protect against that particular type of danger. Mm. You know, you, you mentioned earlier, I was going to ask you, uh, you, you talked about uh, you know, the cigarette industry and how, how long it took to really change the uh, cultural mindset on this. And I think that's exactly what needs to be done uh, concerning the uh, kids and unfettered access to smartphones. I don't know why you, you, you can listen to 10 different um, uh, Christian broadcasts uh, and on this topic, which if you ever hear this topic, uh, and get 10 different attitudes uh, about a, a protocol or a filter or, or whatever 
uh, to keep kids safe when it seems to me with all everything that's going on out there, the simplest, easiest, most common sense thing to do is to make uh, 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 make it to where there's a, a, a cultural mind, mind shift on this, where smartphones just isn't an option. It's, it's like a, a, for, for, for a minor. I mean, we wouldn't give our kids a keys to the liquor cabinet and say, you know, just, you know, be responsible uh, or, or the hustler channel in, the, in their bedroom. How is this any different? Well, you're you're right. I mean, but, but I, I think it's, it's so much broader than that now, Trace, because even, you know, kids as, as young as elementary school and junior high school, they're being sent home with Chromebooks that are Internet connected that they need to do schoolwork. No, no, you don't need it. Uh, Dr. Nicholas Carderas wrote a book called Glow Kids. He's got, a, he's got an opt-out form in his book. And if you push it, you can opt out of that, and the school has to accommodate you. Uh, you can, I don't know if it's religious grounds or what it is, but the, the, and bottom, bottom line is they've already done this experiment in L.A. and in New York. They found out there was a disaster, and they went, they right. went back to more uh, primitive ways of learning. Primitive, the executives at Silicon Valley send their kids to Waldorf schools where everything is done with paper and ink. That's they right. know what they're doing to our kids. And I think when a parent buys that narrative that, oh, they can't do a school board, then you need to get off your, your couch and get to a school board meeting or have a, a, a meeting yeah. with the principal or the superintendent and cause a stink. And I take my hat off to, to these people at Loudoun County, Virginia, who are, who are doing a similar thing. We mm-hmm. need to do that with this. We can no longer take this sitting down. This is insanity. These We're grooming kids right now for, for things that are just unconscionable, and we should be grooming them to take care of us when we're slobbering on ourselves in a few years uh, so that they, they have some uh, an ounce of responsibility to them and they're not addicted to something that's going to keep them from helping us from drooling on ourselves. Does that make any sense or am I just blubbering? No, 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 you're already? right. And, and Loudoun County um, is, is right next to my county, in fact, and a lot of these parents that, that were the, you know, the real pioneers are, we all go to the same church. So we've got, you heroes. know, I think you're right. And, and, and that really garnered a whole movement. And I think if we as parents can just say, you know, we're not going to take this anymore. This is our kids. And it's not just about our home anymore. I mean, we do want to make sure our kids are safe in our own mm-hmm. home by doing all the things and following the, the advice we give you at Enough is Enough. But we're also trying to change the culture. So when, when, when with our mission to make the Internet safer for children and families, we, worked, we work against four different uh, silos, or, or not silos, but prompts. Then it's educating, equipping the public, which is what we're doing today. Two is reigning in big tech and getting corporate America to be more responsible. That takes legislation and that takes a lot of pressure and petition work and that kind of stuff, which we also do. The other is the role of government. We've got to get the laws we've got on the books enforced and we need new laws. We do that. And then engaging the church. And that's the fourth prong we really haven't talked about. But, you know, I, I think we all know that the church can be a big part of the solution to prevent any type of sexual brokenness, and then to be a place of healing for those who fall through the cracks, whether they're kids or adults, because there's a lot of sexual brokenness out there, and it's just it's snowballing on there? itself. Absolutely. Mm. Donna, thank you so much for your ministry and for keeping the internet safe for our kids, or trying to keep the internet safe trying. for our kids. Thank you. <laughs> yes. 
Thank you. God bless you. Well, our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Donna Rice Hughes. For more information on internet safety, check out their website, internetsafety101.org. And they have new resources and information each week. In fact, sign up for their newsletter. And if you didn't hear last week's program, I beg of you, go back and listen to the first part of our conversation on internet safety with Donna Rice Hughes. Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. Trace Embry, host of Licensed to Parent, is also the founder and director of Shepherds Hill Academy, a residential treatment facility for troubled teens. To learn more, visit licensedtoparent.org. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.